Hey there, friends. This is Charlie O'Shields, and thanks for joining me again for another episode of Sketching Stuff. In this episode, I've collected a few stories about the things in life that have inspired me over the years. For me, I find that inspiration can happen at any moment and be triggered by some of the simplest things in life. Things I wouldn't have even guessed would have been so inspiring. When it comes to painting and sketching each day, even though I've been doing so for well over three years now, there are still some days when I feel a bit blocked. I'm waiting for that glorious moment of revelation and nothing seems to be rushing to mind. But I always find that if I simply pick something to sketch and start thinking about the memories it evokes, I'm suddenly energized again and though I don't know how things will turn out, I'm at least excited to try. So I hope you'll enjoy this little set of tales and they'll make you think of your own memories as we explore some of those stories of inspiration. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Choosing the right story. When I'm traveling, I always love to bring a book to read of some kind. I love the printed page, and taking a physical book is always a joy, but most of the time the book I ended up with wasn't quite the one I wanted in the moment. Once I'm in a new place, I never know exactly what type of mood I'll actually be in until I'm there. In truth, even at home, I have trouble sometimes finishing a single book before starting just a bit of another one. I'll sometimes have three stories going and eventually read them all until completion. It's not surprising, I'm sure, to anyone who reads my blog or listens to this podcast, as I tend to bounce around to various topics quite a bit. So when traveling, I mostly use my Kindle instead now, so I can be assured of having just the right story for the occasion. I almost added an e-reader on top of a doodle wash stack of books for authenticity, but I still prefer the look of actual books much more. While I happily embrace technology, I love to keep plenty of analog things in my life to have a bit of balance. I'm not a robot, so having lots of things to enjoy that don't always rely on batteries is a very wonderful thing indeed. But no matter what form a book comes in, it's the story itself that will either win me over or send me in search of something new. The story is the most important thing after all. That wonderful, intangible journey that sparks the imagination. Once, when I was visiting Portugal, I landed there with a book that just wasn't suiting my fancy. In the little hotel in which we were staying, they had a common area with a bookshelf full of books. I grabbed one of those instead and started reading it. I can't even remember the story, but I do remember that it was translated from French into English. I've no idea which previous patron decided to leave that book there, but I was thankful that they did. We had to leave to head to a new destination, and I was only a few chapters in, so I left the book I had brought and took this one with me. Looking back, I'm not even sure why I thought this might be okay, but I assume from the eclectic collection that that's exactly how this little library had been curated in the first place. What I loved about the story that I ended up with was that it was one I never would have chosen. It was instead one that chose me by being in the right place at just the right time. That's always the most wonderful story of all. For me, I think, it's always best to let your heart guide you whenever possible. You can plan and prepare all you like, but in the moment of actually doing, if the plan fails to ignite your passions, then move the heck on and find something that does. A plan isn't like a promise. It's just a guess of what should happen next. Sometimes we guess wrong. 
but that should never stop us from quickly resetting that plan to include something more exciting. If you happen to be a sketcher or painter that follows my own monthly daily challenges, if you find yourself not inspired by a particular prompt, then simply make up your own list. When we try the crazy act of making art daily, the first ingredient to success is always creating whatever moves you most. If you feel an urge to create something, by all means follow that urge and take us down that wonderful path you just discovered. Art isn't about following a strict plan. It's simply about doing what feels best for you by choosing the right story. My favorite bird. When I was a kid, I learned that the state bird of Missouri was the bluebird. It immediately became my goal to view one. However, they seemed rather elusive where I was living. A bird with a blue exterior and an orange belly was certainly exotic to me at the time, and I was sure that if my home state had deemed it an official inhabitant, then I would get to see one. This spawned a short-lived obsession in bird watching. It didn't last long because my attention span was far too short to sit and wait for birds to make an appearance, but I kept at it for a brief time. Yet in all my fevered attempts to tr track down the elusive bluebird, I would always end up coming home feeling a failure. I don't actually recall ever seeing one back then. This only made the fascination with them grow over the years, so when I was an adult and finally saw one land near me, my heart nearly stopped. Through all of my long dreaming, it was precisely the equivalent of setting eyes on a unicorn. I have no idea if I truly have a favorite bird, but in that magical moment, this was definitely the one. Birds have always been a particular fascination for me. As a little kid, I used to dream of flying. I even tried flapping my arms really fast, thinking I could actually take flight. This, of course, never happened, but that's the wonderful thing about dreams. They don't know what's impossible. They just know what's in your heart. For a brief moment, a heart can believe that anything can happen, and to me, that's just about like flying. That wondrous feeling that dreams can come true is the most amazing feeling of all. I may have never actually managed to lift myself into the clouds physically, but in my imagination, I flew to untold heights. I know that as I grew older, believing in impossible things became much more difficult. I learned that certain things were this way and other things just had to be that way. But even now, when I choose to suspend my disbelief, I can still get that feeling of infinite wonder. For just a brief moment, I can still believe that anything is possible. And I really do feel that still managing to have that feeling as an adult is pretty much the equivalent of learning to fly. And I sincerely hope that each of you are still making something wonderful and new each day. We can all learn to fly when we let our imaginations take us wherever we've dreamed of going next. Sometimes success seems a bit elusive, but in those moments, I always think back on those days when I was young enough to believe in the possible, sitting and waiting for that wonderful moment when I would finally get to see my favorite bird. Seashells in a bottle. 
There's nothing more amazing than walking on a sandy beach next to ocean waves that are either gently or even abruptly making their presence known. It's such a cathartic and wonderful experience that it's no wonder it's equally popular to take a bit of it home with you. Once I sketched some seashells captured in a glass bottle, or as is always the case with me, a rather quick and rough approximation of the general idea. When I first visited beaches, I was so enthralled, I did manage to gather a few shells that I wanted to take home as a souvenir. But once home, they lost a bit of their magic and faded into being simply a piece of lovely decor. A collection of ephemera that I couldn't quite trace to a specific memory. But I realized that, in the end, it wasn't meant to be about anything so precise. It was a lovely reminder of the entire experience, sending me back to those lapping waves, cool breezes, and warm sun that reflected on the sand in a blindingly beautiful fashion. Perhaps that's why I'm still enthralled by seeing anything with seashells today. They don't have to be the ones I personally collected to remind me of an amazing moment experienced while being by the sea. I read somewhere that seashell jewelry is supposed to be all the rage. Apparently Prada chucked them down the runway, so this year it's supposed to be huge. Since these articles fail to take into account I live in the Midwest, it's always a bit like traveling into the future. Most trends of this sort take a bit of time to reach my location, so knowing about them in advance makes me feel like a true time traveler. In just about two years from now, I'll apparently be seeing shell necklaces and bracelets everywhere, including those puka shells from 20 years ago as they make a triumphant return. I don't wear jewelry of any kind beyond my watch and my wedding ring, so this will all be lost on me when it happens. In truth, I don't tend to adhere to trends so much as celebrate them. I love that history repeats itself and that so many things we once loved become the things we all love once again. There's a comfort in knowing that the past can return and that the future, despite all of its incredible advancements, likely won't be that much different than the past after all. Maybe that's what seashells are trying to remind us. No matter how much the world seems to lurch forward in technologies and inventions, nature is still slowly evolving in a much more natural way. Though I actually do try to keep up with knowing the latest trends, I stall a bit in actually pursuing any of them. I've been around long enough now to notice the patterns. All I have to do is stick with the thing I love, and I can rest assured that it will find its way back into vogue one day. So I don't seek to be fashionable each and every day, but know that I'll always be fashionable once again one day in the future. That wondrous day when those people who decide such things realize that the very things I always adored are worthy of being adored once again. Nothing will change for me at all, really, but I'll smile with a nod to whatever it was they happily rediscovered. Perhaps it's just our way as humans of counting our time on this planet, connecting the past with the present to somehow make sense of it all. But it's always made perfect sense. All you need truly do to understand it is spend a bit of time contemplating seashells in a bottle. My favorite breakfast food. 
Well, there was a time when I might have said pancakes. These days, waffles are hands down my favorite breakfast food. Philippe and I enjoy waffles each weekend as part of our morning ritual, and although I'd love to have them with whipped cream, they're always served more simply than that. Just a little butter on top and a touch of maple syrup and some blueberries and strawberries. This is combined with watching a cartoon of some kind. Currently, a perfectly silly show called Bob's Burgers. I love this ritual as it makes me feel like a kid again. And when I used to get up on Saturday mornings and watch cartoons, in those days, it was either cereal or on special occasions, French toast. But the effect is the same, pure bliss. Part of me must admit that while I'm not particularly worried about getting old, I'm terribly afraid of growing up. I've watched how grown-up people behave, and it seems a bit sad and lacking the sheer joy that comes from letting your inner child loose. It's not that I want to be irresponsible, I just don't want to do things that are only sensible. I want to try silly things that come to mind in the moment. I want to dream of flying and still think that, given the right technique, I might still be able to do it. I don't want to think that I've learned everything I need to know and want to enjoy being naive about things still hidden in the world. Sure, I've learned a lot in my many years on this earth, but I'm far more interested in the things I still don't know about yet. So each Saturday morning, I still eat fun food and watch cartoons, though admittedly it all comes with a large pot of coffee, something I was simply denied as a child. And for that magical moment, I get to be a kid again, no matter how stressful the adult work week became. It's something I cherish because it's also a reminder that no matter how old I get, I can still enjoy the wonders and joys of my youth. I'm not trying to actually be young, I'll let nature do whatever it wants to me physically and not intervene. I just want to feel young and maintain a curious and energetic spirit. Then, when I'm fully wrinkled and spending my final days, I'll still have a little spark in my eyes. That look of mischief that comes from knowing it's Saturday morning again, and I'm about to watch a silly little cartoon and eat a waffle. My favorite shirt. Sometimes when you think about your favorite things, you don't so much choose them as they choose you. Such is the case with my favorite shirt, shown on the cover art in a loose three-color doodle wash. This is one of the first shirts I purchased while visiting France after discovering a little shop called Jules that has amazing prices, which to me is something that's always in fashion. The store is rather like the impossible scenario of H&M and Gap having a French love child. They sell wonderfully affordable shirts that actually fit without being ridiculously baggy or shaped like a triangle for people who work out every day. This particular choice is pretty basic and regrettably plaid, which is insanely tough to paint quickly, but it hangs in my closet like a trophy to that moment of discovery. These days, I now pack very little clothes before our annual trips to visit family in France and instead purchase clothes when I arrive for the year. This reminds me that I need to remember to also purchase that larger suitcase I've been eyeing. But beyond the incredible deal, the real reason I love this shirt is because Philippe and I had only just met. We were still trying to figure out the complexities of being a binational couple and wondering if the notion of actually living together was even possible at all. 
all those romantic movies I loved made scenarios like ours seem inevitable. But the journey hasn't been as easy as the movies made it seem. I'm assuming they cut those bits out in order to get the story down to a reasonable length. In real life, there were moments of doubt and confusion and coming home completely alone from France with just the shirt. A simple thing to be sure, but one that holds all the memories of an amazing trip and a beautiful hope that everything must surely have a happy ending. I remember staring at this shirt hanging in the closet, letting it take me back to my happiest moments and impossible dreams. I can't say it was the only thing that got me through those difficult times, but it certainly helped remind me to never give up hope. So many things in life feel like they're out of our control. And yet we have so much control after all. We have hope. And that is a powerful thing indeed. It can make the impossible actually possible. It can turn doubt into a glorious victory. Yeah, I know, I've already admitted here that I'm a hopeless optimist. But I've always found that if you chase your dreams with all the passion they deserve, those dreams will actually come true. Possibly not in the exact way you envisioned them, but reasonably close enough to prove that passion and persistence are reliable friends. No matter what you hope for, never let doubt stop you. If you truly want something badly enough, then simply live life as though it's already happening. Reality often takes its own sweet time, but it will eventually catch up with you. And when you look back, you'll discover the oddest things that helped you succeed. I'm now living the dream I once had, back during those many lonely trips home from France. And though I would imagine something grand to be my favorite memory, I'm quite happy to have the simple joy and comfort of my favorite shirt. Keys that once opened doors. When I was young, and still today actually, I was fascinated by old keys. I had a few of them at one time, collected from antique stores. They were only sold for their visual appeal, of course, as their original use and the door they once opened remained a complete mystery. I used to love imagining what each key might have opened. A door in a mysterious old mansion that led to a secret room or simply the door of a cabinet that contained years of collected curiosities. Each time I would imagine it, the stories would shift and change in my mind. It always felt like I was holding a piece of a puzzle that needed to be solved, and the very act of dreaming about the solution was as satisfying as if I had actually solved it. In many ways, I wasn't sure if I ever wanted to know the truth. It might not be as intriguing and grand as the fiction I'd vividly imagined. As I got older, I began to lose my fascination with keys a bit. The modern versions weren't as ornate and seemed to possess all function without any aesthetic, and they lacked any understanding of the emotion there. The very idea that something needs to be locked up means that it must surely be special in some way, or at least that was always the case for the stories in my imagination. Today when I see an object that poses lots of questions, I still invent little tales in my mind before attempting to google my way to an answer. This for me is still the most satisfying. There's a very fine line between fact and fiction. 
A really wonderful fiction will invent a million possibilities while still managing to tell the truth as well. It can sometimes reveal more about what something actually means than the mere facts of the matter. Though don't get me wrong, I adore my facts and trivia, but I really love the stories that only I could write. Bits of imagination mingling with information that produce a truth that is far more powerful than facts alone. In my own little stories, like the cookbook called Do Cook that Philippe and I created, my mom told my sister that I exaggerated when I said my father ate all of the meat in our stew, rendering me a young vegetarian. I assume this must likely be true until my sister on a recent phone conversation said, nope, he totally did that. I was vindicated, and yet it would have been just as true had I only felt that he did. And either way, it made me adore him all the more, and I still think it's rather funny. It's so phenomenal to me that what the human mind is capable of imagining when given the space to do so properly. For me, I think the best moments happen when I sit down and begin sketching stuff each day. My mind wanders to places that I never knew it needed to go. Certainly these posts are evidence of that as they bend and turn through a single moment of imagining. I don't start out with a point, I only hope to find it on the journey. Each flick of my fountain pen and wash of color from my brush adds the subtext that I wasn't aware of only a moment before. It's then my job to discover what I just learned in the process. Today, I've learned that old keys are more than the mysteries they evoke. They're a self-portrait of my own fears, concerns, and worries of how to unlock my future. Which one will open the door to success? And how on earth do I even define success? But as ever, I retreat back to have a conversation with my inner child. He tells me that all of the answers are right there and I've known them all along. All I have to do to unlock them is embrace my past self and use those keys that once opened doors. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories.